0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app. And anytime, on demand, wherever you get your podcasts. Baby on
1: screen. Oh,
0: little puppy.
1: <laughs> oh, I. Lo- you know how I'm obsessed with basset hounds, Tim. I literally think they are copied and pasted from all sorts of animals. To- Look at his
2: head. Yeah, he doesn't want to be here. I've been holding him. Hostage. Uh, oh. So wouldn't leave, and now I wanted him to visit you, Brittany, because I know uh, how much. What's his name? Dogs. Are you are you guys uh, dog fans, Tevin and AJ? Oh, absolutely. I have a little
3: Pomsky that I love. Yeah, oh, I've got cool. a Boston Terrier. I love dogs.
1: When I'm in a bad mood, I'll Google, uh, Basset Hounds feet, because they're the most insane looking thing, and they're always like weirdly pigeon-toed, and they're like then point in. <laughs> they just don't even. They don't even make sense.
2: If you want instant happiness, oh, you know, oh, good. oh good, oh, good, oh, yes. good, yes. Right. No your I son
1: you. knows me, your son knows me well when he puts in the, <laughs> the dragon.
2: I, I, I follow um Bassett Hound's uh pages on Facebook, and so pictures are popping up all the time. So it's, it's instant happiness when you see them, and now, of course, a bearded dragon on my shoulder as uh, well. So.
1: Is this bearded dragon wearing a necklace?
2: No, it looks yeah. like a bow tie. Oh my yeah.
1: God! He's definitely the most formal person here. He makes the, me embarrassed. Uh, dress her
2: up for uh, a, a good, nice appearance today. So. Well, hello, sir. Uh, yes. Uh,
1: yeah. uh Tim Lambers is brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyer seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Timmy, did I nail it? Yes, me.
2: yes. Uh, I feel like Dr. Doolittle today with all these animals around me, but uh, Wait, I heard, first have to hear about, before we get to Killers mm-hmm. of the Flower Moon, I have to hear about your experience at Taylor Swift with your neighbor, which I thought, again, is a very cool thing to do, Britt.
1: Her and I had the best time and I thought about you because I was thinking wow Tim went to this and said it was good and he you know wasn't that into her music but she really puts on a show and Mm -hmm. I actually brought another person who wasn't that into Taylor Swift and I was like you can leave whenever you want she just kind of wanted to like get a feel for it stayed for the whole time me and Josie were both belting songs out and everybody in the theater was singing and I was just like you know she's Josie's 12, so she's at that age where soon I'm going to be mortifying to her when I do things. But to, like, <laughs> have a little bit of those capsulated moments where you both are just, you know, jiving, connecting, nobody's being too cool. It's just, I can see why parents are so excited to bring their kids there. Mm-hmm. It's just such mm-hmm. a vibe. You
2: yeah, know, and again, um, it, it really is an up-close-and-personal look. Of course, there's no you know, documentary footage, so to speak, of like behind the scenes or anything like that. But the music, the show that she puts on is spectacular. There's no denying it, whether you like her music or not. I mean, what a hell of a presentation. So I can see why people are loving the tour and I'm sure loving the movie as well.
1: I might actually go again. Uh, I found that there's a weeknight uh, showing at a certain theater. I'm not saying where and I'm not saying when, but currently has zero seat spot. And uh, me and my friend Devin, if there's no uh, seat spot, we might go just buy tickets so we can dance throughout the whole theater by ourselves.
2: <laughs> you can dance anyway. You can dance sure. anyway. Well, I tell you what, uh, no dancing uh, at Killers of the Flower Moon. Boy, what a hard-hitting movie this is. And the amazing thing, and I, I've teased this before, three hours and 26 minutes of Martin Scorsese at his best, I have to say. I did not. I wasn't bored at all. I mean, is it too long? Yeah, you know. It, I guess. I mean, the only inconvenience, obviously, is trying to not go to the bathroom. <laughs> and and you know, when you when you sit there and you think about with previews, et cetera, you're sitting there nearly four hours. I had to get a large popcorn and and a medium drink, which is still massive. Yeah. So actually. Actually, I got up twice. Um, But, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll catch it again on Apple TV Plus because that's the whole interesting thing about this. This is an award season movie, and it's probably going to do quite well in the theater. But um, Apple TV Plus actually co-financed this thing. So it's going to go exclusively to streaming probably sooner than later Uh, So you can see it there, too. But, you know, there's just nothing like seeing something like this on the big screen, just like I saw the Irishman, which was over three hours on the big screen from Martin Scorsese. So you got him. Obviously, you have De Niro, you have DiCaprio, Uh, Lily Gladstone is the female lead in this. Uh, It's it just doesn't get any better.
1: And uh, everyone's talking about Leo's acting and then the, the the main female as well, that it was just superb. Bob saw it as well, and he said that the acting was out of this world.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? As good as Lily Gladstone and DiCaprio are, De Niro, I'm sorry, man, he just... He knocks it out of the park. He is just a head and shoulders above everybody else. That guy, he's he's frightening. And this is mostly uh, a quieter role for him. Mm -hmm. There's one act of physical violence. Well, I wouldn't even call it violence. It's one of these. He grabs DiCaprio by the by the collar and he's talking to him. And it's like, well, there goes the uh, bearded dragon. Oh no! Grab the the
1: get your son. Uh, Get the bearded dragon. We can't lose him.
2: Other than that, I mean, he is relatively tame. There we go. I um, love your
1: son. He's my favorite person on our show.
2: And uh, I saw Vaughn there for a second. I thought he could rejoin me. Um, and and so, you know, it's amazing when you can be, have such of an, an understated presence, but yet have that anger and greed and all these sorts of things that De Niro's character has going and just frightening you and, and being so quiet. I yeah. mean, it's it's kind of unnerving in a sort of way. But anyway, to, people, to bring people up to speed on what the actual film is about, uh, in the 1920s, this is actually based on a true story. The Osage uh, tribal nation or uh, nation reservation in Oklahoma discovered oil. And per capita, they were the richest people on earth. Uh, this was a big deal. Of course, uh, Robert De Niro and other white men came in to settle and Effectively scheme to you know to find a way how they could get their hands on this oil, right? And um, the, the the plan was was for he and his fellow cohorts to marry the uh, tribal women, and they would inherit their rights to the oil if those women had perished. And lo and behold, a lot of women and men actually do. End up dying, and therefore the rights go to this essentially this extended family of Robert De Niro's character, uh, King Hale. His name is. All these people are real. Ernest uh, Burkhart, uh DiCaprio's character, is real. As is Molly Burkhart, Lily Gladstone's character. So that's the amazing thing: is that you can have a story like this, that you know, it may not be that known to the masses, but thanks to somebody like Robert, uh, to Martin Scorsese, I should say, people do know it now. And people are going to get to know it now. And you're going to be angered by the way Hale and his cohorts fleeced the Osage uh, in in trying to get this oil. So, you know, it's a sprawling three hour and 26 minute epic. But again, I never felt bored at any point of the film.
1: So my friend Julia, she told me um, a while ago to read this book and it's been on my short yeah. list of like I have to get to this. Have you talked to anybody who's read this book and seen the movie and do they kind of go hand in hand well?
2: Well, no, I haven't yet. I haven't and yet, of course it is based on this um, it, it's not written from what I understand, it's, it's a, a fiction, a non-fiction book
0: mm-hmm.
2: and this is obviously a, a, a narrative fictitious movie in a sense but it is based on a True story. So, you, you know, obviously, even with three hours and 26 minutes, you're never going to get everything that you get in the book. So, yeah. once I do talk with somebody about it, though, uh, and I would imagine too, because this is award season, uh, generally, Netflix, especially, and the streamers are great about sending you all the material to consider their votes. And amongst yeah. that will probably be a book. So I may end up reading it myself. I I rarely find time to read books. I know. But this this is a sort of movie really where it pisses you off so much. Yeah, you want to know more. really? All this stuff is going on? And, and, you know, it was 100 years ago. Um, But that doesn't excuse it. That doesn't excuse the times and the attitudes towards the Native Americans then. Um, So it really makes you want to learn more. And it's like the more you get into it, the more it pisses you off. Because obviously I read up on it after I saw the film, uh, actually yesterday afternoon slash evening, because <laughs> it started, I got out of the theater after six o'clock, put it that way.
1: Do you think there's going to be a paywall on the Apple TV thing? Cause sometimes no. they do that. No, you no, think it'll no. just be... be a
2: streaming exclusive. Okay. So, you know, the interesting thing is, this is a two hundred million dollar budgeted movie.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, with sh- fewer show times, like your Oppenheimer's, and probably even Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I mean, that cuts down the amount of times it can show per day, yeah. and you know, in a way, cut into your profits or your grosses, box office grosses. So I don't know if they're expecting people to subscribe to Apple TV Plus to watch this film. I mean, that's really the only way they're going to defray the cost. But this is an awards movie, which, you know, you know, even the mere recognition during awards season um, and ultimately Oscar is going to help its bottom line as well.
4: And why would they announce that it's going to go to streaming afterwards so soon? Because if I'm somebody that maybe wants to go see it, but don't want to sit in a movie theater for three hours, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just wait for it. To come out in two weeks, like why would they not kind of keep that under wraps a little bit more?
2: Well, the 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 deal they're doing right now, Tevin, is they are they've been say in theaters only October twentieth. It was in limited release in New York and L A. before that. They they said at a later date. They didn't announce. Oh, they yeah. haven't announced a specific date. So obviously the hype is going to build up about this movie, and it's going to tempt you to want to go. My guess is that. Probably December. But again, they haven't announced an official date oh, okay. yet. Now, on the other hand, Netflix just released a movie called Pain Hustlers. Uh, it's in limited release today in theaters, but I, you know, obviously that's to qualify for awards. And then in a week, it's coming to Netflix. So, yeah, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But again, their, their motives are a little bit more clear. Clearly, if any of these films want to be nominated for Oscars, they have to have a certain amount of time in theaters mm-hmm. and sometimes it's merely about meeting those qualifications and the box office gross doesn't really matter. Okay. Tim, you how, know
3: how, did yeah, he, how but my,
2: Scorsese's is a, it's a different deal.
3: Um, I'm a big Jesse Plemons fan. How did he do in this? Oh. Did, he, did he kill it or did he just rock it? Cause there's no,
2: he knocks it out of the park in everything, AJ, everything that the guy's in. Yeah. And I admit I came to the party late with Breaking Bad, but uh, I've been you know on the that's bag the latest since the Jesse like, like days. thing I've seen. Um, but you know he he has so many other great roles. He was in that Netflix movie that was that one best director a few years ago. Him and his wife, uh, uh, who you you know who he's married to, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst from Spider Man. They were both oh, yeah. nominated for that mm-hmm. film. Um but yeah he's great he was also in uh The Irishman yes where it says he so it's one of these things where a guy like Jesse Plemons comes in and he just kicks ass i think he was uh, Jimmy Hoffa's son in The Irishman um where it's really it's awesome to see him in all this stuff because he really is such of a terrific actor.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he is. Like I said, i like the first role I've ever seen him in, I watched like Mike. And so there was a big, like <laughs> 10, 10 years gap. And I was like, wait, this guy's like a legitimate. Act. Cause you get those people that maybe yeah. play like the kid role. And then it doesn't really materialize in anything else, but he has grown into becoming a, like a very well-versed, oh, he's, he, he's got a big range, whether he's, he's going to be doing this or he's in the Irishman or he plays the, like, over, uh, overzealous cop in Game Night, like the kind yeah. of, yeah, like, silly. Th- that, like he, can, he can really do it all, so he's awesome.
2: He, he can do it all, and I, I'm trying to remember if his character lasted a long time in Black Mass with Johnny Depp or was out of the picture relatively early. I think he was. And if, if you're getting my meaning by out of the picture <laughs> yeah. early, because Black Mass is about a mobster, uh, Whitey Bulger. And uh, a lot of people get dead in that movie. <laughs> uh, but he's in that as well. I mean, he is such of a great actor. And also in a Black Mirror episode that kind of mirrored Star Trek, if you saw that one.
3: Oh, Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. Would, I mean so, that it, it kind of a trip. Like I did not expect to see him like be a part of the Black Mirror universe.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, did I say Black Mass or Black Mirror? Black. And it, he, I said Black Mass and Black Mirror. I yeah. think. Yeah, well, uh, But that. yeah, yeah, and he's in both, and he's great and everything. And yeah, I mean it's a supporting role. He doesn't show up until later in the film. Yeah. Um. You know. So De Niro is your solid supporting if not co-lead, but they're going to run them as supporting. Lily Gladstone and DiCaprio are your leads. But this is a huge ensemble cast. I mean, so there are just so many great people that are worthy of recognition in this film. Where's it sitting on the lima meter, then? Ooh, you know what? I'm going to go with probably an eight and a half. I'm, I'm still batting back and forth this whole idea of length. If I saw the film again... And that's pretty daunting. Thinking, okay, am I gonna sit for another seven hours of your life? Then maybe I'll maybe start to dissect and say, was that really necessary? But honestly, everything just felt like it belonged. You know, it wasn't it wasn't excessive. Some Mm -hmm. pictures, some directors, they just want to throw throw around their clout. And certainly, Scorsese has earned it.
1: Yeah, we did. We are getting a lot of feedback that the blooper reel that they put in the middle of the movie felt inappropriate.
2: No, no blooper reel. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Can you imagine a movie like that as Whoa. much of a Debbie Downer movie as like that having a
3: blooper reel? <laughs> right in the middle of the movie.
1: They didn't even wait till the you end. Know. They said, just a, just <laughs> a levity
3: break. The yep. is building, and all of a sudden, like Leonardo Quick. DiCaprio is like, pulling somebody's pants down, like, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, the cup breaks so that they're <laughs> holding. What the heck?
1: You know, like,
4: this you is your opportunity to go to go the bathroom. i thinking
2: about this movie. I mean, because DiCaprio and, and De Niro are such personalities as well i mean they are larger than life on screen and off screen but they instantly convince you that they're characters right they're not you don't say oh that's robert de niro playing such and such no this guy becomes Mm -hmm. uh king hale you know uh dicaprio becomes uh ernest burkhart that's you know uh, clearly that's why they team with scorsese as much as they do this is the sixth time for uh dicaprio and the tenth time for Robert De Niro and Scorsese, so awesome. yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing movie. Awesome! All right. Well. So uh, that's all I got for this week. Quick ram- recommendation: The uh, Goosebumps has been rebooted, mm-hmm. more kid-friendly, but I think it's a little scarier.
0: <laughs> oh and no! There you go. She's the dragon a has a hat. hat, a witch's hat. Cool costume change.
1: Yes, he did. (laughs) Spooky season. Yes, your son knows us so well.
2: Even Jules gets a Halloween costume, I'm telling you. Everybody celebrates Halloween around here. Uh,
1: Jules is the MVP of the show this week, that's for sure. I wish you could. Can you say
2: something quick? Jules Jules is shy. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Uh, I have to run. I got another appearance to make, but you guys have a great weekend, and we'll talk next week. Bye, Tim. Have a good one.
1: Tim Lammers brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant Personal Injury Lawyers. All right, why don't we take Mm -hmm. a break and we'll be back. We're going to have Kristen Burt up next from Hollywood.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show.
5: You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. It's Tom Bernard for Flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. I'm happy to say I purchased an EV Mustang from Flagship and have friends and co-workers who bought new vehicles and used ones from this family-run dealership that's just 20 minutes west of the Metro in Baldwin. Whether you want to compare their used car specials, claim Ford financing options, or simply book an oil change or tire rotation, they have you covered at Flagship Ford. New vehicles like the Ford Escape, the Edge, or F-150 pickups with special engine options. Flagship Ford can answer all your questions on your next new vehicle. The month of October is Tire Month at Flagship Ford. Fit your tires for your specific vehicle, any model car, truck, or SUV, and get your tires before the snow flies, just $5 over cost. That's a purchase of four new tires with a $70 rebate gift card on top of the $5 over cost on most ...brands of tires. Flagship Ford, east of the metro in Baldwin, Wisconsin, and online at FlagshipFord.com. That's FlagshipFord.com. Tom here, and I just read a success story from MN Fat Loss client, Elizabeth, who just completed the program. Elizabeth writes, I'm a 54-year-old woman who has struggled with losing weight. I had almost constant heartburn, trouble sleeping, brain fog... I tried counting calories, eating bars and shakes, and several other programs in which I would lose 5 to 10 pounds after months of struggling. After 60 days of the MN Fat Loss program, I was down 25 pounds. MN Fat Loss had really empowered me to believe that I can control my eating and my weight without having to sacrifice foods that I like. If you're thinking about finally committing to improving your health, this is the time to start. You won't regret your investment in yourself. It's so easy to see if MN Fat Loss is a good fit for you. They offer a free phone consultation to learn about the program. They also have virtual options to help you if you live far away, which I think is a brilliant idea. To schedule that free phone consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. The only thing you have to lose is that unwanted weight. That's www.mnfatloss.com. I cannot wait to hear about your success story. And please let them know that Tom sent you.
0: Tom Bernard is back. Every weekday, you'll hear Tommy B., Brittany Arneson, yes, that Brittany Arneson, along with Tom's pals, Kent Herbeck on Fridays, Bob Sansevier, Mike stretch fan Tim Lammers, and from Channel 5 Eyewitness News, Chris Eggert, and Kristen Burt on entertainment and pop culture. It's Tom and the crew with opinions on news, opinions on life, opinions on entertainment, and of course, opinions on opinions on other people's stupid opinions. The Tom Bernard Show is a podcast, so you can listen when you want to listen. In the car, on the way to or from work, at home, on the job site, or wherever you need your Tommy B Show fix. Hear the show on the Tom Bernard Show app in your app store, as a podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, or see it on YouTube on the Tom Bernard Show channel. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast. There it, we, go. There I there on. we now, go. I thought
1: <laughs> I love the countdown, but it made me realize nobody was available <laughs> to push the button, Tevin.
4: Okay, well, you're
1: fine. I, I feel like they was a, such a tease.
4: Yeah, he muted. He muted all, like yeah. the main thing, and yeah, I, didn't I know. Realize it, so I'm I'm a disaster. You're here. fine.
1: Um, I did like the tease. I like that they thought nobody was coming back. Give them sort of uh, mm-hmm. an abandonment issues uh Kristen's ready to rock Kristen, how the heck are you hi well, where's the tom yeah. bernard show without tom bernard welcome it's, to the
4: tevin and Brittany show no
1: we cannot call it that that's the kiss <laughs> of death it's still the tom bernard show he just needed a day off today so nothing bad uh happened to him he's doing fine uh just needed a personal day so i'm sure he'll talk about it on monday I missed the dress code, though. Should I go change?
4: Yeah, we coordinated. Well,
1: you, don't have, you can just grab something. I'm sure there's something pink within your reach. It really is. Honestly, <laughs> I can just pull something and throw it over. We've met you. We know that you are uh, a big fan of pink. Uh, okay, so we've got so much going on right now in your world. What story do you want to start
6: with? I want to start off with the Halloween story. And I have a feeling, Tevin, you might know it because you've been keeping up with what's happening in Hollywood and the strike and all that craziness. Yeah. Um, You guys know I am a sag after member. I am a part of the broadcasting unit that is not on strike, just so everybody knows. But we got a note yesterday, or an email, I should say, saying, hello, Halloween is coming up. We are asking you, and this is part of your new strike provisions, you are not allowed to dress in characters that are a part of the struck studios meaning like barbie anyone from oppenheimer um and they were making suggestions for us like hey you can dress as a ghost or maybe just like a werewolf but not like a universal studios werewolf just like a generic werewolf yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i was reading about this too and i thought that was
1: so interesting um this article i uh read was going into detail so there are some um, uh, really tricky parts. So, for example, the Elvis movie, you can't dress like the Elvis movie from the 2022 uh, big Elvis movie that had been made, but you can dress like Elvis from Priscilla because they have. Uh, it's was it, it Blumhouse. Interim agreement. Yeah, wh- who who made that one? That was by. I forget, but they are the people. Oh, oh um, uh, Sofia Coppola. Yeah, and what but, but was it? The producer, or the, it was A24 films. Thank you. Uh, A24 films, they actually abided by all the rules of, that the, the, the strike wanted. So if you want to dress like Elvis from that movie, you can, but not Elvis from the big movie. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of weird distinctions you have to make going forward. I have a question. Yeah. Yes. Well, who
4: cares if a SAG, like what difference does it make? Like who cares what a SAG member is dressing up as for Halloween? Like that's, well, shouldn't they be more focused on solving the strike than worrying about what people are going trick or treating in?
6: Yes, and I think I'll just give you kind of the optics of what SAG is thinking on this. Yes. We want to resolve this strike. We want to get people back to work. I mean, we were just talking numbers, I think, yesterday on the show and just the devastation it's caused, not just for, you know, overall the movie industry, but even just Los Angeles, because this is one of our main industries. It's that mm-hmm. and tourism. So, you know, when one thing goes, we're hurting over here in the city. Um we want them to resolve the strike. We want to get everyone back to work also with a fair deal, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think that the optics of this, because, you know, if it is licensed material, like yeah. let's say it's an official Mattel Barbie movie costume, mm-hmm. some of that movie is going back to the studio. And I think it's just the the optics of all of that. It's a little bit different than like if I took something from my closet and put it together and said, I'm, you know, cowboy Barbie or something like that. Yeah. But they really don't want, just like... Celebrities are not allowed to do interviews um, for most of the films that are out right now. They just don't want to give that studio a little extra edge. And yeah. we've mm-hmm. all been talking about this all summer. Oh my gosh, the number one costume this year is going to be Barbie. Our... So Wednesday might be a, to- yeah. a top runner as well. Wednesday from
4: Netflix. Wednesday
6: would be another great one. And that's another thing. Guess what? Can't dress as Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Can't dress as Megan if anyone has seen all of the like Megan dolls at the the Universal Studios for Halloween Horror Nights that would be another great one there's some really cool costumes that you could do this year and uh, we're not allowed to do them and and I get it Um, it seems like silly Mm -hmm. in you know in terms of some of the regulations that we've had to abide by during the strike but at the same time I understand they just want to kind of like hit the studios as much as they can to get them to come back to the table and make a deal, because they are the ones who walked away on October 11th.
4: And let's say somebody does dress up in one of these non-recommended costumes. Mm-hmm. Do you think there will be backlash from the community to the point where they start to get exiled? like, Or will it not be as severe?
6: I, I don't think that they're going to be exiled. I mean, technically they can punish you in some sort, like, you know, put you up to like a, a review board and things like that. I just don't think that they have this, they have much bigger fish yeah. to fry. However, the social media outcry is definitely there. Um, Selena Gomez, for example, wound up posting some type of clip that wasn't exactly related to only murders in the building, but it kind of like alluded to the current season Yeah, and people on social media, including her fans said, Hey, you're not allowed to do this right now. So I appreciate that the fans are on the side Mm -hmm. of the actors and hoping that they get fair wages and a fair deal. Cause really, honestly, Selena Gomez is fine, but it's, it's the average working class actor we're fighting for. Um, so you just have to be a little careful. And if you want to dress as Barbie, don't put it on social media. <laughs>
4: yeah, I was planning. I'll have to put my Barbie costume away. That was going to be my uh, Halloween
1: costume. I would never week. be generic enough to buy anything. Like, I would always no. have it from my own. Cl- or, like, to buy. not Never, like, the whole costume is from a bag costume. Like, that's just not my.
4: No, The only time I did that was I went as, like, the Squid Game character when Squid Game oh, that's was cool.
1: huge. By yourself?
4: Yeah, I mean, I was working. I was DJing, like, a Halloween party, and so I just went as, like, the Squid Game.
1: I don't think I ever saw one Squid Gamer. So, like, the singular Squid Game of itself is very funny to me, that, like, you didn't have one other person in Squid Games.
6: He was the only Mm -hmm. one remaining.
1: Right, I was rest the winner. Rest in peace, rest in peace, all the
6: others. Um, yeah, I'm so basic. I'm always like, let me get my cat ears and make some whiskers. So <laughs> I was my cat Sag is not going to worry about me.
1: <laughs> um, mine is a little iffy. It's a Snorlax onesie I bought like six years ago that I wear every year. So I don't know
6: if I hope Pokemon is abiding by this this strike rules, but. You can do the, because the animated contract is not on strike right now. Oh, you God. can do animated characters. So, thank you God. know, like, hey, Daphne yeah. and, you know, Velma. Well, make sure it's, you're not from the live action. Don't get too not accurate. Not from the live action movie. But if you want to do the cartoon version of them, you are more than welcome to do so. Yeah, that's going to be some blurry lines. I definitely,
1: I, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see who abides by it and who doesn't.
6: I know there's going to be one celebrity that is just totally like doesn't open their emails. Their publicist hasn't given them the rundown and they're going to make a big mistake. It happens every year. There's always like one horrible celebrity that does something wrong. Like the blackface situation that we always see once Mm -hmm. a year. I'm always like people, people come on. It's 2023. So this year it'll probably be the studio endorsed costumes. Someone's going to get in trouble. That's the drama of it all. Uh, Anything else that's, like,
1: burning in your forefront of your mind?
6: Um, You know, one thing we've been talking about a lot. I'm going to bring up Taylor Swift because Tom's not here. I love that for us. That's why I was like, (laughs) just get it
1: all out, Kristen. This is the day. Do
6: it. No, and and this really isn't necessarily her specifically. Mm -hmm. But um, Christopher Nolan, acknowledge what Taylor Swift did. She has singularly, and and I think like what I like to talk about on the show, we're in such a shift right now. And we're going to look back on these Tom Bernard shows and like what we talked about because we're seeing such a dramatic shift in the landscape right now. And I'm glad that we have the space to talk about it. What Taylor Swift did is singularly going to change the industry in a big way. And Christopher Nolan, who did Oppenheimer and had great success this summer too, acknowledged that what she did was genius. Cause he's like, She's taking out the studio element of it. She's going directly to AMC. She's pocketing that money. And Christopher Nolan is someone, is a filmmaker who has those deep pockets. Yeah. That's going to have the ability to do something similar to what Taylor Swift is doing. Who doesn't want 57% of the profits? Right. Christopher Nolan would love 57% of Oppenheimer if he could. So we are going to watch some of these bigger players in Hollywood just take the studio completely out of the equation.
1: Especially like you said, there is something to be said. I mean, the whole r- world was ran by marketing, right? Like, there's something to be said that uh, you don't know every director's name, but you know Christopher Nolan, right? And like, if he can cash in on that aspect of this is a Christopher Nolan, like, we're cash, the studios are cashing in on his name. Anyway, so mm-hmm. why not just trust in the process that like your your name and your projects have you know can stand for themselves? You know that that you could
6: just skip the whole studio. And, and you know what I'm thinking too. And I think we, we've had and you've had Michelle Mann on the show from Mann Theaters. They are willing to go the extra distance to make these movies special and happen. Yeah. And if they need to throw a little extra special event or put additional photo opportunities in the lobby they're going to do it because it only benefits their bottom line they're making more box office dollars because they're taking home about 43 percent of that box office instead of like a dwindling amount they get with the studios you can brand obviously your concession merchandise you can sell merchandise this is a win-win for both sides and i think that the theater owners are going to start taking notice going Who else can we work with?
1: I wonder if there's kind of resentment or if we'll see a shift into more. And I don't mean this is a good thing, but like leaning towards more camp because of this, because like, you know, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, you're not going to get an event feel with that. It's just like a very good but sad movie. And so, like, there's money to make in camp, and I wonder if we're going to kind of lose out on some of these, like, epic tales with people that don't trust their, their, you know, the name to carry them.
6: Yeah. You know, with new innovations, there's always things, there's cons to all of this, too. And, you know, a Martin Scorsese film, we know that this is going to be a huge award show player. Yeah. some people will go for that. Other people are going to completely ignore this movie because it's three hours and 46 minutes. It's really long. Yeah. Um, And people will wait maybe to, till it reaches, you know, streaming and things like that. Um, but Scorsese still has enough of a name. Leonardo DiCaprio is in it. That is enough to get people to the box office. So I, I think that type of movie might be okay, but I always think about the ones that are like yeah. just below that. Yeah. The ones that maybe don't, that maybe have a, Director who's on the rise doesn't have that established name by Scorsese. Are we going to miss out on those? Um, and, and that's that's going to be a wait and see sort of situation, but it's quite a possibility.
1: Yeah, it is so interesting. And you're right. Like with the change in the tide, the experience theater, you're uh, there's going to be, and of course, just like anything, right now we're really in it. There'll, there'll eventually be the backlash, and then the backlash to the backlash. So like maybe it will eventually hit. You know that point of we're kind of done with dressing up and going to the theater. Now we want serious movies. So it could go either way with that.
6: Yeah. Movies are cyclical and what we favor and what we want to go and see. But I I think the like underlying message in all of this, the studios are a little bit behind in what moviegoers want. And you just have people like Taylor going, I got an idea and Beyonce's like, you know what? That's a great idea. I'm going to do it too. And I'm going to support you. And these are the people we need to step up in Hollywood to keep, you know, arts moving forward. And I think like we've just, it's mind blowing to think the amount of shift we've had in the last three, four years with a global pandemic, two strikes going on concurrently, the the sort of bust of the, the streaming bubble going, this isn't a financial model that works. These three together are a perfect storm and this is where we're going to see these people who are like, I've got an idea, let's give this a try, rise to the top. Do you think there's a faster, because the turnaround for Taylor Swift, filming, editing
1: and putting this out as a product was so quick. Do you think that a studio could have done that or do you think that was just the model in general, like that could have been done or do you think it was because of her skipping out on the studio?
6: It, because she skipped out in the studio, she was able to get it to the theaters faster. And that was one of the contention points um, or points of contention, I should say. And um, it was her dad who was like, Hey, we don't want to wait until there's an open hole in the schedule. Yeah. Cause that's what mm-hmm. studios do. They go here. We have this oh, like yeah. map of our movies for the next five years. And this, these are the big weekends that we've already earmarked and we don't want it to conflict with this movie and that yeah. movie. And, Taylor said, you know what? No, I want this particular date because it's significant to me and my fans. Mm-hmm. And this is when we wanted to get it out. And that's when her dad said, all right, we got it. We got to, We're doing we this. got a pivot here. Yeah. And look at she got it out quickly. She did a date that, you know, means a lot to the Swifties. And then on top of all of this, she bypassed like waiting until 2025. Yeah. For mm-hmm. it to come out at that ideal time for the studios, not for Taylor Swift. Yeah.
4: Well, it's kind of like the music approach. Like when she releases an album, she's not checking in with a studio like oh well let's make sure it doesn't interfere with anybody else's it's i'm taylor swift let me just well, drop this and now. that's so only do that with the movie
1: that's only been her last four yeah four albums because now she's made her own label but mm-hmm. before you did have to check in yeah. and make sure and so yeah you're right like and again this is this is the model to help with people that have that that pull and all that financial backing to do this themselves. But yeah. that is interesting. And,
4: and I hope that with, you know, obviously your big name directors where they could just go to the straight to the theater and they'll be like, Yep, yeah, we'll just take your word for it. And here's the film. Hopefully the second tier that yeah. instead of them getting looked over, maybe the studios now work with that second tier more. Yeah. And it almost develops that. So then they can one day grow up big and strong and just release it on their own.
1: Or kind of have to do the model that Nike did with Jordan is like put money into people and hope, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that would be very interesting. We're talking about kind of like what benefits we'd see with that. And you're right. Like maybe the studios would kind of have to take gambles and really push names that normally, you know, or, um, or, uh, stories that don't get told as much from, uh, and, yeah.
6: Yeah. I was just thinking like a development deal and, mm-hmm. and like that is it, going back to an old studio model yeah. of like the MGM days yes. of like, where you really develop a talent. Um, and to add to, to Tevin's point, just going back on the music side, and I'm just this like kind of popped in my head. I almost think that Scooter Braun buying her catalog it was probably the impetus for all of this too. Yeah. Like the anger and the emotion of him buying her catalog, kind of out from underneath her, has probably inspired her to just be like, "F y'all, yeah, I'm doing this my way." She did it with music. Now she did it with her concert film, and it's fascinating. It's not only that too. She was testing
1: the waters, making a re-recording of albums we've heard a million times, and her seeing the response. Like putting out "Red," an album I've listened to a million times, the original version, and then having "Red" Taylor's version, and seeing that she has an audience that will follow her anywhere, who will listen to songs that she re-recorded, you know, five years later, and going, "Yeah, I will make this." You know, we will listen to this so much it will become a re-recording from an. Uh, an album made 10 years ago we will put to number one because you re-recorded it that had to inspire her to take leaps and jumps that maybe she wouldn't take because she's going they're going I I have this core audience who has a huge my win is their win kind of vibe Mm -hmm. so like that's where she's like, you know what, I'll put I'll put a movie out of a concert that most of my Swifties, you know, went to or so, or, or whatever for the Swifties that didn't get to go to or that want to go to again. So you're right, Kristen. I do think that Scooter Ron making her so angry has, like, the precipice for
6: so many chain reactions that we're seeing. I almost can feel, like, five years from now, um, if Behind the Music existed or something, yeah. we would get oh, this entire special of, like, Scooter Braun and what he did to Taylor Swift and like how this all played out. Because I think that this is going to just spawn an even bigger empire for Taylor, for Beyonce um, and for other artists that are able to follow this model.
1: Uh, We were talking about this a little bit this week, but uh, the big the year of the memoir uh, feels like this that we are currently in it and it's going to be extending into 2024 as well. I saw that Dolly Parton had a three-book deal. She's officially putting out her second one. The first one was, like, stories and lyrics. The second one is stories and fashion. Do we think, and and, and Dolly Parton's would be enthralling because this woman has grown up as a sex symbol in one of the most sexist industries, and you can't even imagine probably the stories. Do we think that Dolly Parton would do a
6: tell-all biography? Autobiography. I feel like she wouldn't, or if she does, it's going to be after she passes. Okay. I, I I know I know she's got like the juiciest stories, I and bet. you know mm-hmm. Saint Dolly is too good and too pure for this earth to spill the tea <laughs> while she is alive. I don't think she's interested in burning bridges. I really feel like, you you know I know Tom, I can hear Tom right now like when are both sides going to get along? Yeah. But this, she is the type of person, whatever you believe, you still love dolly she is too good for this world yeah and i mean literally bubble wrap her and protect her at all costs because we need her for as long as we can because she is like the goodness and we need to idolize and worship that when it comes to like entertainers in hollywood
4: yeah and with these memoirs if i never hear jada pinkett smith's name again it'll be too soon every time i scroll through instagram or look up like stories online, it's like she's saying something else. Like people are joking now. Like her next announcement is going to be she's never even met Will Smith.
1: Because <laughs> no, like. it's wild. And then do we do we have to we have to touch on this. So she's coming out saying I've lied to you guys for years. And yeah. On a show, you know, my Facebook Live table, red table talk, where I claim that I was a tell all. Everybody has to be honest. Come to the table. Be real. Now, do we trust? A woman who has just exposed that she's been lying to
6: us about the, one of the main facets of her life? Mm-hmm. What? And on top of it, he showed up at her event. Will Smith showed up to support her at a live event the other day. And now she's saying, I think I'm ending the tail end of our separation. Like she's thinking she has a small house that, you know, she has and they don't really live together anymore. She's like, I think, you know, I might be selling it. Um, I think maybe we're working on this. Like the memoir maybe has inspired them to work on their marriage so <laughs> so is claims. This all
4: just a setup from the beginning. Like, I'm going to release this memoir, and then now all of a sudden, magically, we're getting back together. As Magic.
1: So. She is claiming that the slap saved her marriage. What? The slap. She saw her husband assault a man on one of the most viewed it's pretty romantic. live shows. Global events. Global event. And she's saying that may have saved her marriage, and I think that's where we're talking about. They've realized they have to spin this they they're so they I don't think they even realized how much this slap was going to take down you know their family, and now and they their have careers to spin, and their careers and have to spin. you know I think that they had to spin this, and this is their whole tactic. It's why he's going along with everything because at the end of the day she's going to claim like. Hey guys, this is where we were at, and why how dark things were, and this is why the slap was worth it.
4: Yeah, and it's so bizarre. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Kristen.
1: Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Tommy. I was just say
4: it's so bizarre to me because it felt like both of them were kind of out of the spotlight. Like Will Smith wasn't really on the tip of anybody's tongue and like jada pinkett smith for sure nobody was really talking about her and then all of a sudden you just come up on stage slap chris rock now you've got this memoir you're taking all the headlines and now your seven-year separation is magically ending as well at the same time it feels all very choreographed
6: and they're both threatening to write a book together yeah um, so you know there's more to come and i don't know why the smiths don't necessarily understand like there is such a thing as tmi yeah Like, we love a dishy, like, tell-all book, but they've been telling all for years now. We're tired. And they're (laughs) not telling
1: all. That's the thing, is either they're lying to us then or they're lying to us now. They're really telling us nothing. Like, that's the end of the day is I hate – okay, there's these two categories of people, and I don't think these worlds should mix. You have your reality stars, your people who don't care. They'll show it all, and, and, you know, like – who. the Trisha Paytas. Right, the you're the, Kim Kardashian's the, the you know, well. now Kim Kardashian's in a different realm of, like, controlled. And then there's the people where I put you in the royal family, where they always control the spin, even when they pretend it's a tell-all, it's not. They get final edit, all the things. I want to watch them act or do whatever they do, and I want to watch my reality stars show us all the pimples, show us all the things. Because I don't trust that the high-end celebrities give me that. I think it's all, you know, fake. And, you know, even the Kardashians, they'll say, I'll show you this wound to hide the fact that my arm is falling off. You know what I mean? They give you enough of something to hide something else. And that's where I go, the royal family of it all, of you're not telling me all. You're not even showing me, you know, the, 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 the diarrhea that you had on vacation, which is fine, but, like, I don't like when those worlds try to pretend to mix.
6: Yeah, and it's true. And it's problematic if you're doing a reality show and all of a sudden you're an executive producer. I understand why they want to be executive producers and have that final say on the edit. But, again, you're getting a filtered, curated view of their lives at that point. Yeah.
1: And it feels like that. Like, I don't watch the Kardashians on a regular basis, but when I go watch it everything about them feels curated even Mm -hmm. though they all show arguments and show some like you know like where you go this is some dysfunction here or left or you know over at the end of the day it feels too curated for me to watch like it feels very produced
4: it it all feels like that like my girl loves watching like selling sunset whatever reality type stuff and they'll be like sitting down in some bar having like a a juicy conversation because Ashley told called me a stupid head yesterday and it's like this whole thing just feels overly produced like this is not a natural conversation but you
1: can love selling sunset for what it is and I watch, I watch it and laugh so hard when they show up in these outfits and I go, if I showed up and my realtor was wearing, you know, they had that like belt thing that was oh, supposed fighting. to be, a th- yeah, like half their tit is out. You're like, um, Crop ma'am, tops. like I'm fine. I love skin. Show as much skin as you'd like, but like, I'm trying to walk through this house and you can't keep up with your eight inch heels you're currently wearing, ma'am, we have a driveway to walk down.
6: The, the beautiful, like, gauzy lens that Selling Sunset and Selling the OC delivered to us, yeah. it, it's it's a soap opera. It like, is. when people go, why don't people watch daytime soaps? I'm like, because we've we been given it. a more glamorous look with some of those oh, Netflix yeah. reality the, shows. If you
1: watch this for, and next time that she watches Selling Sunset, this is the job I want. They have these songs that they made, and they're just ridiculous. Re- ridiculous and so sometimes me and Justin will pause it and Justin will be like okay try to make up one for this scenario it's like they just had lunch and a girl like is walking out in her power suit and it's like I'm a boss ass bitch with my shit together gonna run this town in LA baby and like that's literally the music set to like non like a royalty free beat. Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> Royalty-free.
6: It's a genius way around all of the licensing fees because they don't have to worry about it. It's all original music yeah. for them, it's and so they good. can show these reruns for years. It's like,
1: and I walk when I walk, and I go where I right. go, and you're like, how I could make this music? It's,
4: it's just a song that's oh, narrating what's currently going on on yes. the screen.
1: <laughs> I put my socks on before my shoes, and you know that, and you know that.
6: And he doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you broke my heart at a coffee shop.
1: Oh, da, 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 da. They're like, yeah, that happened to me just now. It's so good. Like, if you just enjoy selling Sunset for what it is.
4: Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. Like, it's good for anybody that likes the show. It's just not, I'm not the demographic that selling Sunset is trying to reach.
1: And Kristen, I bet you can see this so hard. When they have a character expose something, like, You know, someone will sit down and be like, did you guys hear that Emily went to the coffee shop with (laughs) Tristan? And, like, you're like, that person just got told that that at some point they have to say this line. They're so scared they're going to forget it. They literally say it right away.
4: Because my favorite part is the, like, There was an episode where one of the ladies was like friends with the arch enemy of the other lady. And she's sitting in this bar just having a mental breakdown, screaming at everybody. Like, it's just it's so ridiculous to watch it on all. It's delicious.
6: And, you know, the Oppenheimer group, it's run by the two tiny twins, Brett and Jason, who must be my height. I haven't seen them in person, but I can't imagine they're taller than five three. Kristen, the best
1: moment in producing history. Tell me if this makes your top list. There's a couple, and there's one that's amazing. It was during the scandal when uh, uh, Ken comes in at Lisa Vanderpump's house, and Ken is like this old man who isn't involved with any of the drama, and Katie, who's one of the main players, is sitting there, and they're going to go through the recipes of their new sandwiches, and it's Katie and Lisa Vanderpump, and Ken goes... Out of nowhere, this old man wanders into this kitchen and goes, Can you believe that Raquel stayed over at Tom's house last night? And then like
6: wanders off (laughs) with a dog. And it was like sendable. It was like (laughs) sendable. And there's Katie with the sandwich in her
1: mouth, and she's like, What? (laughs) It like it was like the producers finally found out, whispered in Ken's ears to like drop this news. It was
6: so hilarious and you could just tell. Or it's <laughs> like, can't you just picture Lisa behind the scenes? Tom, I mean, Kat, Practice. I need you to say this repeat after me, repeat this yeah, one line. Practices
1: long. and then literally immediately, can you believe? All right, bye. <laughs> Hello?
6: And when people ask, like, why is this show being nominated for an Emmy for the first time? I'm like, it is this. It is like those juicy little moments. (laughs) They got one for editing because obviously they had to change the entire storyline at the last minute. So the editors did an incredible job, but they also, the show overall was also nominated. And if it doesn't win, I'm going to be shocked because I voted for it. I'm a voting member. Um, I, I think it's just fantastic because they, they took a very tired show. Yeah been on for 10 seasons and took a storyline and made it into absolute pop culture magic
1: the the only way I can re- like try to give you guys an image it'd be like if I told Tom like come in here and be like can you believe that Taylor Swift has been dating Travis kills I was spotted at the Chiefs game it would be just like that him yeah. saying it and immediately halfway through being bored with himself and walking out <laughs> it's like those
4: it's like those moments where you're like Oh, what was that? Like you pretend you heard something from somebody. Yeah, He's just and like you gotta
6: mess up the line just like a little bit because I think he was like he called him like it wasn't like Sandoval it came out a little weird too. It was super so, weird. Was yeah, like, super weird. So Tom would do that and like be, he would mess up Taylor Swift's name or something. Oh, it was just so beautiful. Like, like we might
1: have to find that some point. It was so funny. Oh, Kristen, you just brought so much joy to my heart today. <laughs>
0: here to wrap up the week on a
1: good note on a great (laughs) note well thank you so much Kristen, and we'll see you on monday right have a great weekend see you you Monday. all right we'll be right back to wrap up the tom bernard show
0: this is the tom bernard morning show
3: hello i'm brad huckle president and chief lending officer at north american banking company and i'm michael bilsky ceo at north american
7: banking company As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational
3: businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to Me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see
5: more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business, for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them, or their team. I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender.
1: Recently, Jim Paul of Valley Buick GMC was contacted by a company that does on-site sales. Jim was confused.
7: consultation, the number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit Bialkilaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E-Law.com.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
1: Yeah, baby. Uh, we are back on the Tom Bernard Show. Tevin, we had like 45 people and now it's just you and I.
4: Oh no, And then there were two.
1: Who's going to survive?
4: <laughs> it's just me and you sitting here all day to see who's the first to blink and leave.
1: I would be. I have to probably go have a life.
4: You're right. Do you have any uh, exciting plans for this weekend that you're looking forward really to? really
1: good question, and I think the answer is no. We have a family coming in on Saturday. They're going to go to uh, a U of M volleyball game. My mm-hmm. uh, husband's sister, so my sister-in-law, um, and my niece Cassidy. So they're going to come in tomorrow and then we're gonna hang out with them too how, how about you
4: uh djing a couple weddings this weekend so how many uh just two this weekend friday today and tomorrow so yeah if anybody needs a wedding dj i'll let you boy um but well, not then,
1: you because you're busy
4: well yeah i mean they can start booking me for next year but hmm. uh and then so sunday because i haven't had a day off in like a month and a half
1: are there a lot of sunday weddings
4: um not too many the last two Sundays I've had weddings but for the night
1: are they Sunday afternoons
4: like yeah afternoons early night they usually end around like nine o'clock or so
1: that's a lot to ask people to be out at night on Sundays yeah
4: um but uh so Sunday on my like first day off in forever so I put together a list I know she's not listening so I'll say it on air I put together a list of like date ideas in like three categories right (gasps) and I had my girlfriend pick a letter, color, and uh, oh. number. And so, like, in each one correspond with a different date thing. So now we're good to Sunday afternoon when she gets done working. We're going to go on a little date day. We're going to the Minnesota Salt Caves, which is supposed to be super, oh, like, I heard relaxing. That's
1: amazing. Yeah, and
4: then we're going to go get sushi at Billy's Sushi. And then And probably go get a drink at this place in Uptown called Fool Me Once, which is, like, this cowboy alien bar oh. that's new out there. So
1: Oh, my God. I'm that's- a romantic. You're not, like, and you're a planner and she has no idea about any of it?
4: No, she was like, I was like, you remember when you, I told you to pick, like, a number color letter? She was like, yeah. I was like, well, that's, like, what our date is. So it was, like, 3C white or something like that. And so that's what we're doing.
1: Listen, I attack men a lot. Like, a lot.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, half my day is attacking men. That's why my husband knows I'll probably never cheat on him because I'm just constantly attacking men. And it's just not the vibe then to go. Right. But I'll tell you this. There's something so amazing about when I don't plan something, like I plan everything all the time, always. Mm-hmm. And so the times that my husband has been like, hey, I got this, like, we'll just be ready at six. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever happened, but if it does, I'd be so pumped about it. So that's really cool.
4: Yeah, I'm excited. It should be fun.
1: Um, will you like tell her what to wear or will you give her a heads up what the thing is?
4: Uh, yeah, I'll just tell her what to wear and then probably have her just like blind me, follow around follow me around uptown
1: like will she be driving with a uh, blindfold no, on drive. oh
4: yeah I'll bl- no I'm not gonna blindfold her
1: blindfold and drive you have a Tesla so I assume that's fine like yeah, blindfold drives, her and drive. itself. <laughs> that would really add spice if you blindfold her and tell her she's driving I love it uh I want to give you this news because it's very important we are 11 days away from Halloween which feels insane what day of the week mm-hmm. does Halloween fall on this year Is Tuesday like- all right that's okay I guess no there was this big petition going on about Halloween should always be the last Saturday in October, and I love that.
4: Yeah, that would make more sense. But, I mean, with how it is now, people just end up celebrating both weekends, I feel like. As yeah, you're as thinking about.
1: a 20-year-old. Like, right. your 20-year-old people are 30. But for
4: kids, it, yeah, it sucks. There are
1: fun events, though. Like, you can go to, like... Um, they they do like hollow. They do trick or treating at different malls and things. And like mm-hmm. 50th in France does a big trick or treating thing. And I bet so when it kind of falls in that we get a really a fun event the weekends leading prior. I'm going to a wedding on the weekend prior, which I'm actually really excited about.
4: You're gonna dress up. No. Show up f- in like a Barbie. No, I'm gonna,
1: <laughs> I'm probably gonna dress up like for a wedding. <laughs> I think it would be so.
0: You should show up. I'm
1: a go. It's like one of my best friend's wedding, and I'm so excited. It would be hilarious to do full cat makeup, like right. meow. You
4: show up as like a sexy cat. <laughs> a sexy
1: nurse cat. Thank yeah. you very much. You all of them? I'm actually a doctor. Thank you. So Halloween's coming up quick, and it's terrifying. Uh, it had people asking the question, can you eat the pumpkins you carve into jack-o'-lanterns? Have you ever thought about that?
4: Like the insides of like,
1: e- like eat the pumpkin. Yeah, I'm not
4: eating any pumpkin. I hate pumpkin.
1: You're not eating pumpkin pie ever?
4: No. I'll, I'll give you sweet potato pie. Sweet potato pie is really good.
1: Um, well, fun fact about when you buy the cans of pumpkin, if you look at the ingredients, it's not even all pumpkin. Oh, no, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, According to food safety experts, no, you can use a pumpkin as cooking ingredients or as decoration, but never as both. Pumpkins are a low acid vegetable. So once they're cut and sit at room temperature, pathogens will grow rapidly on the skin. We're not usually following proper food handling procedures when we're carving pumpkins, stuff like washing hands before carving, washing the pumpkin, carving them on clean surfaces and using clean tools. So you could Eat the pumpkin if you decorate it without cutting into it uh, by drying it or whatever you want to do or just even have it sit out. But even then, bigger carving pumpkins aren't ideal for eating since they usually don't have the best flavor or texture. The one thing you can do after a pumpkin, do you ever do this, is you make, you like roast the seeds? I
4: haven't, no. I haven't carved a pumpkin probably since I was in like second grade.
1: My mom never had us carve pumpkins. We painted them
4: yeah, like it's it's just gr- like it's all slimy and gross well, on the inside. Like I'm not a I don't really mess with Halloween like that.
1: so here's the thing about carving pumpkins. In theory, it's going to be a blast. My sister always hosts a big party. We carve pumpkins. But it always starts out as a kid picks the most elaborate piece of paper and puts it on there stabs it one time and is like, I'm not doing the rest of it. And then every parent or uncle or, like, Mm -hmm. whoever gets roped into it, sitting there carving the rest of the pumpkin because it's super boring and hard to carve a pumpkin. So, like, as kids, my mom was like, I want the kids involved and to have fun. So she would just take out paint and we would just paint faces on the pumpkin and I have great memories of like painting a pumpkin
4: yeah no my girlfriend she saw somebody post where they like carved the pumpkin and then wore it as a hat and she's like I want to do that and I'm like she's like we need to go do a pumpkin patch so I can carve these two we can both carve a pumpkin and we'll take pictures to put on I'm like I want nothing to do with that that is my so ambitious
1: (laughs) first off does the full thing go on your head or just the top
4: No, it was like like a mask, the whole thing. Like you can't see your face and it's carved out. And I was like, Oh no! I was like, Yeah, the picture looks cool, but I am not partaking in that.
1: Um, That is like my own personal version of hell. Is having a pumpkin on my head. (laughs) Like that is. Ever since I got an MRI, I realized I'm actually quite claustrophobic. Uh, I didn't used to be. I don't know like what in old age made that click in my brain. But the idea of
4: no, no, no. the
1: hell that would make me feel.
4: And now your head probably smells like <laughs> pumpkin for a day. It's like, always a little wet. Yep.
1: No, no, no I don't love it. Um, but I do, I do enjoy as long as there's not kids around. Like I've been to adult carving pumpkins party. Mm -hmm. that's a cooler vibe because you can kind of sit in your little corner and work on it and like put a lot of time and effort and not worry about leaving a knife out for a child to grab but don't ever they come with these flimsy ass sets where you have this little like shark like it's like a um, like a what are those sharks the sharks with the big
4: Oh, like uh, the saw. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like the, 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 oh the, God. I'm, you're talking about like a knife. Essentially, looks like a chainsaw yes. type of thing. Then they come yeah. with that with
1: a little, pla- like it's usually an orange plastic handle. Yep. You get that thing in four carves. That handle's broken up, and what you have there is useless. You can't right. palm that.
4: So what do you? What do you use? You don't. You, I assume you don't use like your kitchen knife. Use
1: real tools. Yeah. Right. Use you, real beautiful tools. Like yeah, a kitchen knife, or you can use a drill, or. Um, yeah, anything. Anything over, like, the little plastic sets you get.
4: I feel like I would use a Sawzall. Like, do you know what that is? I
1: do know what a Sawzall is, and that would be a great thing to bring to the game.
4: Yeah. So. You didn't think
1: I was going to compliment you.
4: No. You are thrown off. I, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I hope she has a Sawzall take <laughs> because <laughs> we're trying we to. We have
1: a full-on table saw in our garage, and I would be happy to use, attempt to use that on a pumpkin because. Or, or I've
4: seen people use, like, the water jets where you like can use water to cut pumpkins like people get pretty advanced in there but there's prep
1: involved in that like you'd have to carve out the things before you just attack it with a power sprayer
4: (laughs) did you see minnesota's largest pumpkin that's like on tour right now is going to go to the mall of america at some point
1: no but can you imagine the pressure to move that bad boy
4: and it doesn't even like really look like a pumpkin it looks like a very large pumpkin melted into like a half puddle because it's so big it can't like support itself. So it's just kind of like this blah.
1: There is like a like a, a line you can follow to like pumpkin to, to grotesque. Like it's almost mm-hmm. like we're enjoying obesity on pumpkin form. Right,
4: right. And I wonder like, do you? Because I'm assuming people try to grow a big pumpkin, but there's not really you can't like will your pumpkin to get huge. You know what I mean? So I think you just luck into it, and then I now think are known as the pumpkin guy. I
1: think it's what I have to end this podcast on. It's all about manifesting. Manifesting your pumpkin.
4: Yes. So everybody this weekend, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you. Manifest a great pumpkin, a large pumpkin, like the Charlie Brown-sized pumpkin.
1: And manifest yourself a great weekend. Thank you so much. That was the Tom Bernard morning show sans Tom Bernard, but he'll be back Monday. Don't worry. He's doing great. He just needed a personal day, okay? Let it be. All right. I love you. Bye. Bye.